Evan. Ben, how are we doing? I'm good. Evan, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday, December 20th in the year 2023? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, right, ready to head back to Minnesota starting tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's about that time. Where are, you, where are you staying tomorrow night? I am staying in High Hill, Missouri. Uh, about an hour outside of St. Louis. So, it's going to be great. Why don't you just stay in St. Louis? Uh, it's a lot cheaper if you go further out. And I can get yeah. another hour closer, so save some time. And I suppose, I suppose you want to be north of St. Louis to beat the morning commute. Yeah, commuters. right. Might as well. So, and this way I can get barbecue yeah. in St. Louis tomorrow night. So can't wait. Ooh, that's a, that's a good idea. Um, well, Evan, I'm excited to see you. Uh, and Evan, the the OG, the OG uh, podcast intro music, it kind of it hits different as, oh, as yeah. the kids say. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting sentimental right now. I feel like I've been selling OG podcast intro music short this year, um, and I, I don't, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, you know, looking back fondly at like a, at a past, at a past love, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it's good that you know we're bringing it back for the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the best time of the year, and it's, uh, it's the, the old school intro music. So. There you go. Um, well, Evan, we don't have a lot of games to get through today because there were a lot of, a lot of bye weeks, which is not to say there was no, there was no excitement because there was excitement. Uh, however, with the lack of content this week, uh, last week, I, I, uh, I was, what's the word? I teased doing a, a top five most exciting players, uh, was that was that was that was that how I tagged it? Uh, I, I think the, basically that was the, most exciting was exactly? or like or like most entertaining. I think Ooh, was yes. kind of yeah. Now just keep in mind for the folks who are listening, these are not necessarily the five best football players of all time. Almost certainly not the five best football players of all time. These are simply the five most entertaining. Uh, football players that when we hear these names and, and we see these YouTube sort of highlights, uh, it just, it brings us back uh, into a, a fond, nostalgic sort of mood, you know? Yeah, I think mine is like four guys who were actually good and one guy who was not. Um, so I'm excited, excited for that. My, I would say three out of my top five are, are objectively bad football players. Yeah. In in the in the NFL. That um, makes sense for your brand, so I'm here for it. Uh, but also, so I for some, I did this list uh like a couple months ago, and I have ten. So. Um, I just added I, one now that we were thinking about it, so I'm at six now. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's just let's just run through this. Uh, do you want to go first? I think because we have different numbers of players, I think it would make more sense if we just like did you first and then me. Yeah. Okay. And then, well, I think I think you should go first because that way there's probably going to be a couple of guys that overlap, and we'll probably both end up with six or seven at that yeah. point. Right. Okay. Um, you, you go first. You yeah, start so, from the bottom. So <laughs> they're not really in order for me. They're just they're all here. Um, I mean, the guy who inspired this uh, segment, if I'm remembering correctly, from a couple months ago was Tyreek Hill. Uh, and just like, I, I, every time I watch him, I'm like amazed at how fast he is and how quickly he gets to that speed. 
Um, so like Tyreek Hill is, I think, like the football player that I have watched, uh, most enjoyed watching in my lifetime. Just because, yeah, he like the physical gift that no one else has uh, is, is pretty cool to see. So Tyreek Hill, number one. Uh, keeping it in that in that same vein, like you can't do this without saying Michael Vick. So we have to say Michael Vick. Like he broke Madden for a couple years. Like gotta be in there. And then uh, the third fast guy that I have is Chris Johnson, um, who I think at least at least partially that was because uh, one of the first years that I played fantasy uh, was Chris Johnson's like two thousand yard season, um, and I had him on my team that year, and that you know it just launched me into the the man I became you know uh, so important player for me there uh, okay now we enter the weird picks um, number four is uh, LaShawn McCoy but only if he's playing in the snow that one time because uh, I think that's my, my single favorite like one game performance of all time was like the Eagles played I'm pretty sure it was the Eagles um, played uh, like a very snowy, like a blizzard game. And Shady McCoy went for like 230 yards and three touchdowns because like he was the only one who like figured out how to move in the snow. Um, and that was like my favorite, you know. It's like, of course, this random guy, like for, for some reason, it's way better at this than everybody else. Um, so so sh- snow game Shady McCoy is that one. Um, number five is Jim Klein Saucer. Uh, <laughs> it's like we don't make we don't make Jim Klein sausages anymore. We don't really do fullbacks in general, uh, but especially like really unathletic white fullbacks. Um, so like shout out to Jim Klein sausage for having like a, a kind of long NFL career, just just being like kind of like a hardworking like slow guy. Um, you know, uh, we respect it. And then and then finally, uh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, it's just, I, I just remember there were a couple of years where it was like Nathan Peterman would get like one start every like two or three years. And like that was like an auto, like scramble to pick up the defense that is playing Nathan Peterman because just like automatic like three picks. Like it's hard to be that much worse than your average, you know, desperation backup quarterback option. Uh, but like Nathan Peterman redefined for me like bad quarterbacking. And that's uh, something to cherish. Those are those are all my picks. Those are my six favorite watching experiences of my NFL lifetime. You went a lot more into the uh, absurdity than than I was expecting. <laughs> um, I got three so, real ones in there, and then three it was just like I enjoyed these moments. Yeah. Uh, the only one that I, I also had Michael Vick on my list. Obviously, yeah. like you have to. He he single handedly defined our like childhood. Uh, yeah. As you said, he he broke Madden. Uh, anytime you have a player who like this is and this is before social media, right? Somehow, just everyone knew back in the day that you could not use the Falcons. Like, yeah. Like the like Madden might as well just have like removed them from the game entirely because like it was just mutually agreed upon. There was no like Twitter back then, but just. For some reason, everyone knew that it was just everyone was on the same page. You could not use the Falcons. You could not use Michael Vick because, like, it, it, you would just win, right? Uh, something that I would do when I played, every once in a while, I would get my brother to play Madden with me, and I would find, like, 
we we agreed that there was no you could not use Michael Vick, but then I would just find like the Ravens and I would uh, play with Troy Smith and I would just like do Hell the yeah. same thing. <laughs> Who like wasn't uh, even good, yeah, <laughs> but he, he was wasn't fast. even good, but like he could just he could just run really fast, right? Um, anyway, so I have uh, most of my list is skewed like college because that's just like more what I pay attention to. Uh, the NFL guys are kind of like. I I was pretty hard in the paint with the NFL from like 2006 to like 2009, like in that range. So uh, I have Sean Merriman uh, on my list, yeah. just because like there was there was a there was a phase there with like with his lights out celebration. If you have if you haven't you know, if you've never heard of Sean Merriman, like some of his highlights are just unbelievable like nobody could block this guy he was a a defensive end on the san diego chargers uh and he was he was incredible his his celebration you know the lights out celebration right yeah yeah um yeah i i really enjoyed uh watching him play uh the only other defensive player or i have two other defensive players uh i have richard sherman slash legion of boom yeah uh that was a very like richard sherman i think um he he sort of brought like a different he brought a wrinkle to NFL players from like just like a social standpoint that like we really hadn't seen before like you had this you had this loud uh high energy um but very like well-spoken Stanford educated black man and yeah. he just like how he approached his how he approached his media interactions i think was just unlike anything that we have seen from an NFL player. Is that fair? Yeah, and, and then, like, especially weird at the time, too, right? I feel like uh, that kind of, like, uh, sort of abrasive <laughs> nature at times was was definitely, yeah. like, kind of out of the ordinary then, for sure. Yeah, like, being both abrasive and Stanford-educated was, like, a very, like, he would get a lot of, I'm, you just remember, I, hear, I remember hearing people, you know, like, kind of dog-whistling him and stuff. Uh, and he would just like, he would chirp it. He would chirp back at it every time. Uh, so he was he was fun to watch. Um, Tyran Matthew, Honey Badger. Yeah. Um, I was I like could not believe that, uh, like a five ten defensive back almost won the Heisman. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Like he, he I'm I'm glad that the guy had a solid NFL career. But like, was this when was this like your sophomore year of college? Something like that, right? That's a good question. Was when, when, when he had his really good. Um, so Tyran Matthew, uh, he was a, a corner on LSU, I believe, and he he finished the season with like eight interceptions in the SEC or something, and just like and like I think he had a couple of like like punt return touchdowns or something, maybe also, or maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, I'm looking um, it up. I'm looking it up right now. He had two receiving touchdowns in 2011. <laughs> oh, this this is back in the day. Randomly, yeah. So 2011 was his last year at LSU. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. So how many how many picks did he have? Like, I'm actually surprised. He only had two that season. He had he had two both years. He was at LSU. He, he forced a he bunch of fumbles. Had... He forced six fumbles in that in that season. Okay, maybe he yeah. was more of like a heavy huh. hitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised by that too. Um, yeah, you look at the stat line, and it's like not, 
that incredible. <laughs> just, it doesn't he, seem like... He was, he was a Heisman finalist, right? Yeah, yeah. Finished fifth in the Heisman voting that year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel, I feel like we're probably, you know, I shouldn't say never, but like, just the odds of seeing like a 5'10 defensive back be like a Heisman finalist, it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, up next, I have college slash before Mike Shanahan, RG3. Uh, Robert Griffin III, uh, when he was at Baylor, like, I thought this man was going to be the next Michael Vick. Like, I thought, I thought we had the next Michael Vick in our hands, uh, like, for, for in plain sight. And he was so good at Baylor. He was so fun to watch. He, I, I will, I will always remember. He always had, um, like, it seemed like he, he was always swagged out. Like, he, he had a, he had the drippiest like arm sleeve. Uh, remember, like he, he would always, he would always rock the white arm sleeve uh, on, on one of his arms, and he like had a visor. And like, I just, I remember seeing this guy and just being like, I love this man. I love that he was born in Japan. Uh, this guy has he had great style, but then Mike Shanahan on the on the Washington Redskins uh, just had to rush him back from like how many times did he rush him back from an injury? Like two or three times. Yeah, well, and we, and we can't we can't forget to blame the turf at FedEx Field too. Had to do that. True. <laughs> um, but I, after this after this podcast gets done, I'm gonna watch RG3 Baylor highlights. Uh, also, famously, RG three like broke Baylor's like one ten hurdles or three hundred hurdles record or something. Yeah. Like like made it to NCAA's in track. I'm pretty sure. Uh like could have pretty easily been like in contention for an Olympic spot like in the hurdles if like if he had focused on that like full. Yeah, he uh, had the Texas high school state record in the one ten and three hundred meter hurdles. So. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. Texas. He was extremely uh, close to breaking the national high school record. Um, so, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. So, like, RG3, very, very impressive. Um, so now I got, next up, I got Steve Smith. We love yeah. Steve Smith. Uh, this guy This guy was uh, a 5'9 wide receiver, and just, he just would take soul away. Uh, so, like, I, I loved watching when I was a kid, like Steve Smith was my guy. He he made me like little tiny skinny Ben believe that maybe he could uh, like play football and be a wide receiver because like I saw this undersized guy just like blowing by everyone and like somehow he kind of like I'm trying to think like kind of like in a Tyler Lockett like imagine Tyler Lockett but like a little a little bulkier and just a little yeah. better. You know, is that a fair comparison? Like a yeah, supercharged so. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, he's um, like a, li- a little fat too, like just a little bit. <laughs> um, I remember you made a comment a while back about how you you you're always impressed about how Tyler Lockett just like somehow, some way finds a way to make these catches. It seems like it like defies like what should be possible with his like uh, body. Uh, yeah, he's somehow able to just always like be under it and like not have the defender be in the way. I don't know how he like does it, but yeah, it's like he's short, right? But he also like makes every catch like two feet off the ground, kind of. And it's like how how do you do that? <laughs> that that's how I that's how I felt about Steve Smith back in the day. He just always found a way to like get a step on his his corner and just like make these catches, even though he's like five nine. Uh, and then 
Next up, number number three. Well, I guess Vic was my number three, uh, but number three uh, on what I have left, uh, Johnny Manziel. I feel like like yeah. we we cannot. I, and some people are gonna roll their eyes and be like, Ben is. I am not doing like the Nathan Peterman thing. Uh, <laughs> like Johnny Manziel when he was in college. Like I feel like a lot of us have seen like the Johnny Manziel doc. Um, Johnny Manziel was electrifying when he was in college like he he was so good uh and you had all these scrambles and broken down plays and and he's not doing this against north dakota state or or even like a uh boston college right he's doing this stuff against alabama and like sec teams uh if i remember right this was when texas a&m like first joined the sec uh, or it was very yeah. close to it. Yeah. Um, and, and people were kind of skeptical of how AM was going to transition from the Big 12 to the SEC. And Manziel was just like, uh, he, he, was, he was incredible. He, he won the Heisman as a freshman. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the, the guy was just, if, if, he, if he had been in the era of, of NIL, like, I. They, they built, like, Texas A&M, like, built, like, a $50 million addition onto their stadium because of money that Manziel brought in. Like, they, like, like it's crazy how much that did for that university. Um, and also, what I love about the doc is that, that the stuff about Johnny Manziel, like, coming from money and, like, coming from oil money, it was all made up. You know that, right? Uh, I mean, no, <laughs> I haven't actually seen the doc. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, so, so, so you've heard the story about how Manziel comes from like oil money, right? Uh, you know, okay. I wasn't aware. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. So there's this big narrative. There's this big narrative that was getting panned for a long time that Manziel was like kind of like a, a spoiled rich kid that like came from oil money family. Right. But yeah. he really just used that as a cover. He like him and his buddy like made that up because he was like, signing all these autographs and selling them when he like wasn't supposed to uh he was violating ncaa rules uh, i'm not gonna say it was nice. illegal because i think it's stupid when people say that shit like that is illegal when it's just like a stupid ncaa rule uh but he was like he was like signing these autographs and selling them and he was getting these like nice cars and like going on these fancy like vacations to like vegas and stuff and uh i just think it's funny that him and his buddy just like made that up as a cover <laughs> Uh, like, where did you get the money to afford this nice car, Johnny Manziel? It's like, oh, my dad is like an oil guy, uh, which checks out. It's it's Texas, you know. Yeah. Um, and number two and number one, I'm just gonna lump them together because like similar types of player, uh, Reggie Bush and Devin Hester. Uh, I would say college Reggie Bush and NFL Devin Hester, like pretty similar experience. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Like, like watching these two play, uh, Reggie Bush was not the best uh, NFL player. Devin Hester, I don't – he went to Miami. I wasn't paying attention to football in 2000. When did he go to Miami? Like probably like 99 to like 02 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, these two guys just like I, – I can't really think of like my like top tier of like exciting – football players it's got to be michael vick reggie bush uh devin hester yeah like i can't really think of anyone 
Like, I thought when I was when I was 11 years old, I thought Reggie Bush was a god. Like seeing some of these plays that he was uh, making. Uh, you know, there's that famous run he has against Fresno State where he runs to like one of the sidelines and he cuts back like five times and gets like all the way to the other the other sideline and he scores a touchdown. Um, but yeah, Reg, Reggie Bush, crazy. And then when he gets to the NFL, the hash marks are not as spread out and everyone's a little bit faster. And yeah. Just can't doesn't quite have the uh, same effect. Um, Reggie Bush, Chris Johnson had the NFL career that Reggie Bush should have had. Mm. Yeah. That's like that's like that's kind of like my opinion. Like uh, similar kind of like vibe. Uh, but man, like the something I want to say about Devin Hester is like we're never gonna get another Devin Hester. Um, yeah. Just because of how the rules are in the NFL now. Whoever's car alarm is going off. Yeah, the ramps. Um. Uh. Anyway, like we're never gonna get this again, just cause like, and it's for the best. Like, kickoff returns need to be safer, and whatever. But like, we're never gonna get Demon Hester, who had, he had two, kickoff returns for a t- uh, for a touchdown in the Super Bowl, right? Uh. Yeah, I know he did the opening kickoff one time. Uh-huh. Yeah, he took well. He took the opening kickoff, and then he took another one. I think he took two to the house in one Super Bowl, uh, which is crazy. Um, and if you told me like I can only watch like one guy's highlights for the rest of my life, it would be it would be Devin Hester. Like I could watch like I could watch those highlights all day. Um, and yeah. That's about that's about all I got. Yeah, I mentioned this to you before we went on Airbnb, but uh, just to make everybody feel old, uh, Devin Hester's son, Devin Hester Jr., uh, committed to Furman University today on National Signing Day. So that's exciting. <laughs> we're, we're all ancient. Yeah, that makes me feel so old. Yeah. Um, um, all right, anyway. there it is. Those are, those are our favorite guys, you know, from top to bottom. And and Robert Woods, and Robert Woods, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only only did that one game. Did, did, did either? Did, I just realized I didn't. I didn't have any like active players on mine. Um, Except I, uh, oh, um, never mind. Tyran Matthew, I guess, is active. Yeah, I had uh, Tyreek Hill, um, so we got that at least. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we uh, get to the games then? Like you mentioned, we've only got yeah. a few of them. Um, but yeah, it was this exciting week with the quarterfinals going on. Um, so we had the two the two uh, playoff games and the two consolation. I imagine we'll just kind of cruise through the consolation at some point here. But the uh, the big playoff games. So uh, first one I've got here is uh, Quinn versus Henry. Um, <laughs> the alarm came back. Uh, rip. But Quinn versus Henry. Uh, this is this is an exciting game. Quinn takes it one hundred and two point four eight to 101.94 for Henry. So Henry loses this by right around half a point. Um, and it came down to Monday night, uh, Henry needing like six points from A.J. Brown and only got five and a half. Uh, and, and that was that was what sealed it. Uh, Quinn was texting me on and off throughout the weekend, like, uh, you know, the nervous memes, essentially, just being like, oh man. <laughs> but it worked out. Quinn moving on to face uh, Joe in the semi, correct? That is correct. 
Um, so let's look at what went right for, for Quinn's team. Uh, what stands out here is Sam Laporta just kept getting touchdowns against, yeah. uh, against Denver. Uh, Laporta finished with five receptions on six targets for 56 yards and three, count of three touchdowns. Um, uh, I just, I have Laporta in, uh, other league and I, I, I was like, this, this rocks. Like th- this is uh, I did not, I did not have a buy in, uh, in other league and Laporta saved my ass. Yeah. Um, well, and not only Laporta, but uh, his Lions teammate, Jameer Gibbs, uh, also scored two touchdowns, had 100 yards for Quinn. Um, so, yeah, between the two of them, five TDs in one game from one team. Uh, that's that's good. Uh, that was that was a, a big part of the reason why Quinn pulled this one out. Yeah. Also, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Good week from Brock Purdy. Shout out to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, QB5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we think Brock Purdy's going to win MVP, Ben? Uh, oh, God. Hurts has been kind of shit in the bed lately. Yeah, like, I don't think it's Hurts at the moment. I, I actually think it might be McCaffrey. Um, I really think that might happen. It's been a, a long time since we've had a non-QB win it. Um, I don't even really remember when the last one was. But like, if it's going to be any year, like it feels like none of the quarterbacks have been super dominant this year. And like... If like if we really think like the Niners are the best team, then like we should probably give it to their best player, <laughs> which is Christian McCaffrey, and like decidedly not Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm gonna be sort of aggro if if they give it to Purdy. It's just like what are we doing? Like, yeah, does anybody I, actually think I, that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the league? Like, no, of course you don't. Like, why would you think that? Yeah, I agree. It would be lame if they gave it to Purdy. Um, you have me convinced. Yeah, because just like the guy, the guy who makes this offense run is is McCaffrey, among others. Like obviously, there there are lots of great players on that offense, but I mean, like that's the yeah. guy. I mean, if we're going off work. of like if the like most valuable player, right? Like if you take Brock Purdy off of this team and you replace him with God, does is yeah. there going to be a big change? Like no, yeah. <laughs> Even like you like, know, like no, like no, right? Like it's, yeah. it's gonna, like it's. I'm I'm thinking of like just an average quarterback, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like the Niners the last few years have been quite good with like Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. You know, it's just like it's an extremely high functioning offense. It like doesn't need like an incredible quarterback to make it work like this. And like Pretty has been better than Garoppolo was at any time in San Francisco. Like, give him credit for that. But you know, I like I I think there are probably a dozen QBs in the league at least who could do this type of job in this offense right now. So I, I think it's silly to say like, oh, you know, MVP. But yeah, I do want to I, shout out Quinn. Like, like this is, that was a good pick. Like, like he picked Brock Purdy in the, in the 13th round. Um, you know, and I, like it makes sense that Purdy was down that low, but at the same time, it's like, we all knew the Niners offense was going to be really good. Like maybe we should have, uh, you know, picked the quarterback of that offense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, was Garoppolo that good no. last year? No. Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess you had to believe in the Brock Purdy thing because he had played you know pretty well down the stretch and in the playoffs while he was healthy last year. He was coming off that injury, which was a bit concerning in the playoffs. But 
But yeah, just looking at it, and you know, you had to buy into like, oh, is Brock Purdy better than Jimmy Garoppolo was? And it turned out he is. So good for him. Um, I feel like I want to say more about Quinn's team, but yeah, I mean, yeah, remember when I it, said that he had to start Brees Hall? Yeah, four went out. <laughs> he, he, he texted. Was, he texted me like, uh, <laughs> he said like, you have no reason to believe this, but I was thinking about starting Tucker Craft over Brees Hall, <laughs> and I was like, you were right. I don't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> but if anyone in our league was going to do that, it would be Quinn. Um. And it would have worked. Tucker Craft, the uh, Packers tight end, uh, scored 12 points. Uh, Brees Hall only scored two. Uh, the Jets got shut out. But, yeah, I mean, Quinn's, Quinn's lineup was interesting this week because, yeah, he had Purdy, Gibbs, Laporta with very good games. Uh, Mike Evans had a pretty decent game, and everyone else was, like, not very good. So, uh, yeah, stars and scrubs. So, A-Chain got hurt again, right? Yeah, poor one out. I think he I think he finished the game though. Um yeah, it looks like he played through it. So he's questionable right now for week sixteen. I think uh I think that guy's just gonna be questionable like every week from here on out. <laughs> but uh yeah, always yeah. gonna be a little yeah. bit of a dice roll with him. <laughs> he didn't practice today. Yeah. Poor well I mean he's out. the kind of guy where like if he's healthy, you gotta start him, right? Yeah, if he's healthy. Um he scored, I think so. he scored forty he scored forty seven points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, did you see that the Steelers? I'm saying this because Pickens on Quinn's bench scored four point seven. Uh, Trubisky was bad, and did you see that if if Pickett's not healthy, they're gonna start Mason Rudolph? Yeah, I like it. I'm down. Third string quarterback. Uh, for a team that like needs to win games right now, it is like you know slipping out of the playoff race. Uh, it's gonna be fun. They're also playing the Bengals, so that'll be a fun little game. Jake Browning versus Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I keep uh, I keep trying to decide whether to pick up Cincinnati. Yeah. Valid. Actually, no. Jay picked Jay picked up Cincinnati. Nice. Jay fucked. Can I bitch about Jay fucked me on waivers this week? I'm so. Uh, actually, no. So Jay did not claim Cincinnati. He just picked him up at five fifteen because nice. Jay has to go. Jay has to go at the crack of dawn to go to work. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to find this. Or no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Jay claimed Noah Brown, and I put in the claim for Noah Brown, and I, I, I know I, I respect the hustle on Jay's part to like want to get the consolation prize but like can we change the waiver order when we I, get into the playoffs i am 100 percent, 100 percent into so, this yeah so, 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 so this is my thing uh your so your 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 thing last year evan was like we need to give it to the one seed yeah and i think i think that was a non-starter for most people just because i think people are acting in their own self-interest as they should and i think that the people are kind of uh like i i don't I think people just think that they're more likely to be a five seed or a six seed than be a, a, a one seed or a two seed. Sure. You know what I mean? And so I think, I think people are like, oh, if there's one just like juggernaut team, you know, just the thought of like having to face a juggernaut team in the playoffs and that team has the top waiver claim once playoffs start and you make, you know, a good team even better, right? 
Uh, but this is what I would I would propose. I would propose that you know, and this is me speaking as the one seed. What I think would be the most prudent would be to give the top waiver spot in, in the playoff weeks to the to the like reverse reverse in the championship bracket. Yeah, that I mean that sense? that makes so, sense too. Yeah, basically just put so all like, the playoff so, teams in front of all the non-playoff teams and then do it regularly. Right. So it would be like the six seed gets the top, five seed gets the second, four seed gets the third, three gets the two, two. You you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be fine I, with that. I just that's fine. I'm just like it's like uh like I'm just like annoyed and I don't know you know maybe someone would have. Like someone not Jay would have scooped me for Noah Brown, but um, I'm not trying. Uh, like again, again, I'm not saying that Jay. I'm not being Joe right now. Uh, I I'm not saying that Jay should not have tried. I'm, I I respect the hustle on Jay's part. Game recognized game. Jay's a Jay's a gamer. He's going for it. He's Dude, Jay's just him. trying to get Christian McCaffrey again next year. You know, yeah, like, this like, is uh, yeah, like, this is important. <laughs> yeah, like I like I respect it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be trying. I want people to try. I want people to make moves. What I'm saying is, like, Jay had his time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jay Jay had his time with the with the top waiver claim. He's had the top waiver claim all regular season because his team is shitty. Like, let's like. You know, let's focus on the varsity, you know? This is like, let's get these JV kids out of here. You yeah, know? I mean, I, I, I don't this, disagree with you. This, this is, right, this is championship season, right? Like, well, this is this is sections, this is state. Like, these these JV kids, they, they got to go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that on, I'll, uh, I'll add it, yeah. Okay, that's my, that's my proposal. Okay. Um... um. But oh, but also I want to shout out Quinn because he scooped me on Buffalo and I think they're gonna have a great week this week. They got nice. uh, char- They got Chargers. Oh yeah, love it. Um, but if I didn't get him, I'm glad that Jay got him because or I'm glad that Quinn got him because he's playing Joe. Yeah, fair. Uh, anyway, um, sorry, I got I got distracted. Yeah, for uh for Henry's team then, uh you know close but no cigar. He put up a good fight. Um, you know, Quinn, Quinn was a fairly heavy favorite in this game, but Henry comes within half a point of winning. Uh, ultimately, when like AJ Brown and Puka Nakua were the two lowest, the three lowest scoring guys on Henry's team this week, AJ Brown, Puka Nakua, Tony Pollard. So like, yeah. sometimes this is how it goes, you know? He got a nice little performance out of Zamir White, uh, the Raiders backup running back, who was the starter this week when uh, Josh Jacobs was out. Um, obviously a, a nice week for the Raiders. It's almost a surprise that White didn't score more points, given that the Raiders put up 63. Um, but Zemir White, 14 points. Um, Chicago defense yeah, was, was great, that, once that again. Was a good, that, was a good, that was a good pickup from Henry. Yeah. Uh, I, remember, mm-hmm. I remember when he, picked, when he picked him up. Yeah, that was a free agent one, too. Uh, not even a waiver claim. It, 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 that was on Thursday. So, um, man, I had Zemir White for like a day back in October. I don't remember that at all. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I shout out to Henry. Like yeah, that's true. I've had most players for one day. Um, yeah, shout out to Henry for for making that move there. You know, presumably just like seeing a tweet that Jacobs was like likely to miss the game, and then realizing that White was still available. Um, yeah, I mean, just like decent performances all around. 
James Conner was pretty good. Joe Mixon was good. Yeah, just like nothing to quite put him over the top, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do want to say it was pointed out to me uh, by, by Jacob this week, who, who remembered this from several weeks ago. Uh, do you remember when Henry sat Joe Mixon uh, in order to yeah, clinch yeah. a win? In, uh, yeah, you ta- uh, it, yeah, you talked about this last week. Uh, well, I texted Yeah, it was like right after we recorded. I texted it, it to you. Um, yeah, so Henry, and I think it was in week 12, was playing Noah and had Joe Mixon in a night game, uh, like at the end of the week, primetime. And he sat Joe Mixon to preserve like a one point victory and for, uh, forewent the like points that Mixon scored. Mixon ended up scoring 20 points in that game. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, if he had started Mixon in that game, Henry would have gotten the bye instead of Joe. He would have passed him on points scored. So Henry would still be in the playoffs if he had not done that. Um, which, you know, at the time we were saying like, I don't know if this was a good move. And uh, yeah, it turned out to, to backfire. Uh, kind of spectacularly, so that's tough. I mean, you know, <laughs> I sort of get where he was coming from at the time, but even then, it was like, man, you you might need those fifteen points or whatever. Getting the buy is is pretty helpful. So, uh, yeah, here it is. You know, losing the first round to the playoffs instead of having a chance to keep going on. I mean, with how our league is structured. Points are so much more crucial for our league compared to most how most leagues are set up. Right. Um, just like with with those being what determines the teams with the buy of the division winners, and obviously you got the three wild cards. Like you you gotta like obviously there's a circumstance where you know maybe you you know if you're if you're winning your division by you know several games and you have like a really low I, I, I'm not gonna never mind, I'm getting too lost in the weeds here. Like maybe there's maybe there's a situation where you would do that, but like in our league, most of the time you gotta just rack up the points. Yeah. Or if like if you know, I could see it more if Henry had only been up by like point one points or it had been really close to if I remember correctly it was like a point and a half and it's like when when was the last player to go like more than a point and a half negative, you know, like a running back. It, it's just like hard to do almost. Um just because, like, even when you fumble, it like, but it can also- happen, but it's extremely rare for a starting running back to score negative points. Yeah. Like, like they almost have to get injured after fumbling, you know? And it's it's just, like, a very yeah. tough, like, thing to do. And, you know, if you're a backup running back or something, or if you're a wide yeah. receiver who might only get one catch, like, that kind of thing can happen. Or quarterback has just, like, a terrible day and throws four picks or whatever, but, like... A guy like Joe Mixon, like, that's about as safe uh, of a, like, this guy will score positive points as you can get, so. I'm, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was, I was about to touch on that. Like, something that we have not talked about yet on this topic is how Joe Mixon is an RB1. Right, and yeah. And the, uh-huh. oppor- the, opportun- the opportunity cost there, you know, you know if, if Henry was in the exact same situation yeah. and he was trying to decide whether or not to, to flex Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Like, that that then maybe like I can understand, you know, if you if you sit Jahan Dotson and he goes off like, you know, maybe you live with that. Like I would, but like there's a difference between you know the opportunity cost of a Jahan Dotson versus the opportunity cost of a Joe Mixon. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, back to the drawing board for Henry, but, you know, he's had a pretty good run of it. He's made the playoffs a bunch of years in a row, so, you know, he, he clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, death, taxes, and Henry as a contender, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we want to do the uh, the other quarterfinal here. Uh, yeah, I'm, also, I'm glad Henry got knocked out. Uh, like, Quinn has a good roster, and Quinn is, Quinn is good, but Quinn is also just, like, a little bit more unhinged. <laughs> and like you know like he might he might get to the championship and play me you know not that i'm looking not that i'm looking past ryan but uh you know if i get if i end up in the championship against quinn like he might do something kind of uh he, he like might start tucker craft and, for example he, yeah and, and so i'm glad <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that uh quinn is still i'm glad that quinn is still in it yeah yeah quinn also, versus joe also, is um, gonna be fun also, Yost Division, we trust, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah, and yeah, Quinn versus Joe is great for, for content. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, are we going to be at, at Joe's when, if me and Joe uh, each other? No, because we're leaving on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, yeah, we're leaving oh, on yeah, we're Tuesday. Right. So. We will get to talk to Tuesday to Friday or something like that, yeah. Um, Fair. yeah, you will get to touch it, so, um, all right, well, hopefully, hopefully Joe, hopefully Joe and I can, can, can win. Actually, I hope Quinn wins. Never mind. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the other semifinal, uh, Ryan wins this one, 113 to 96 over Tim. So, uh, another solid game here. Both teams putting up decent weeks. Uh, Ryan's team has been, has been quite good for most of the second half of the season. It continues in this week. Uh, the, the huge story, Baker Mayfield goes for 29 points. Uh, after Justin Herbert out for the season, Ryan, you know, looks to Baker Mayfield, picked him up off waivers, and uh, delivers the performance of the year. I wouldn't be shocked if this is higher than any game Herbert has had this season. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I mean, good for Ryan for picking the right guy. Uh, like... Once you get to that level of quarterback, uh, it's a lot of mediocre options, and they can be kind of hard to distinguish. So, uh, you know, picking the guy who puts up a week like this in a fantasy game, like uh, in a playoff game, that's fun. Uh, it's a fun look. So uh, as, as someone who is going to start Baker Mayfield in uh, my work league semifinal this week, uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's do it again. Yeah. I've started Baker Mayfield a few times this year, also, uh, in, in other leagues, and yeah. it's been fun. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't always gone uh, nearly as good as it went this last week, uh, but yeah, he's been okay. Uh, he's been fine. <laughs> so. uh, Baker Mayfield deserves an. When we were talking about our top most entertaining players, yeah, uh, before Baker Mayfield, he deserves an honorable mention. He's he's in that crowd for his college career, right? Yeah. Like, um. A guy, I, I, I'm a sucker for Baker Mayfield story. Like a guy who started out as a walk-on. Uh, wasn't he a walk-on, and then he won the starting job or something? Uh, he was like a walk-on freshman or something. Wasn't he a wasn't he a walk-on freshman and then won the starting job, and then they like didn't give him a scholarship after the season, and then he transferred. Yeah, it was something like that. I, I can't it remember was something exactly. Something like that, right? Something yeah. ridiculous. Like, imagine imagine being on a college football team. And you have like 110 guys on scholarship, and they'd be like, just don't give the one to like your starting quarterback. 
Yeah, probably not. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Elsewhere on Ryan's team, uh, Rashad White, having, having a nice little season. Oh, yeah. Rashad White. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rashad, Rashad White's going to be... Or, he's going to be a first-round draft. Rashad White going to go? Yeah, he's he, so? first round. Yeah, uh, like late first round, but he'll he'll be there. I was like, I was th- now that my draft position is set because I lost in the constellation. I was like thinking, like, oh, who, who's going to be around? And it's a it's a wasteland up at the top of the draft. Like, I have no idea who who is going to go up there. Like, obviously McCaffrey will go one one, um, but then like every other guy who's up there or like guys who got drafted in the first round this year, like a lot of those guys have struggled or been injured. Um, so oh, it, uh, Etienne, like probably first round, I think I, like, I don't think I, he'll be there when I pick at six, I think, but probably well, won't well, make I mean, it you out got, of the you first. Got the, you got the usual suspects of, uh, you know, you got Jamar Chase. Right. Yeah. Jeffrey, I mean, a bunch of the wide receivers have actually had, yeah, like a bunch of those guys have been sort of disappointing. I, I mean, Jefferson and Chase, uh, have been at least. Um, I mean, like Tyreek Hill will go probably second overall, I would imagine. Um, and he's been, well, yeah, I mean, it. their quarterbacks have like, like Chase and Jefferson, like their quarterbacks have been injured, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jefferson thing was his own injury. Um, and then Chase, even when Burrow was healthy, like Chase hasn't been great this year. Like he's been okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like, I feel like coming into most years, you feel really good about guys who are getting picked in the first round. And I think next year, it looks to me, it's like a lot of guys with at least some question mark next to them, um, yeah. which I don't know, is, is kind of interesting. And part of that is just like running backs not being as valuable as they used to be in fantasy. Like it's hard to find guys like Rashad White who are getting this kind of workload weekly. Um, and a lot of those guys just aren't staying healthy. So, you know, you take away... Uh, you know, Austin Eckler types or whatever, like, you know, there just aren't very many running backs worth taking in the first round anymore. So, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a transitional time, I think, for fantasy because I do think we're going to start seeing wide receiver be, like, the main position that gets drafted in the first round. But uh, we're sort of in between right now. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Looking at Ryan's lineup right now, like, I don't know how I'm projected to be. Like this yeah. Team is so good. This team is rolling right now. I think it's because I think it's because Hertz is projected to outscore Baker by ten. And I yeah. That, so. <laughs> um, I also like how Ryan started three Buccaneers. He, he also had Chris Godwin oh, had a nice game. So. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't know. Like, like I I see Ryan with three Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his lineup, and it's like, well, how high is Ryan's ceiling with those three? But then I see Tyreek Hill and C.D. Lamb. Yeah. And I'm like, the ceiling, the ceiling is pretty high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and too, like, the Buccaneers are playing the Jags. Like, that's a pretty nice matchup. The Jags' defense has been pretty bad uh, the last little while here. So, yeah, I mean, if Tyreek is healthy, like, Tyreek did not play in, in the game last week. He didn't play against Tim's team. So, if Tyreek is out there, yeah, this is, like, a pretty scary team. Like, he could be getting Ramondre Stevenson back as well. Um, although, I guess it sound, that sounds not super optimistic so i mean yeah ryan's got a lot of guys to throw at the problem right now um and then even yeah, bench guys like jacoby myers had a nice little week like it's just got good, good depth well you can't start all of them that's true he's got to pick the right ones um 
I think he has Myers on his bench right now. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kobe Myers for having a passing touchdown in that game as well. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, just like a couple of injured guys. Tyree Hill did not practice today. Ramondre also did not practice today. Um, I I kind of hope that Ramondre doesn't play. Also, like I have Ramondre. I gave up a first round pick for Ramondre Stevenson, so like right. it would be nice if it would be nice if Ramondre played. Obviously, for my like other league, but like. If there's a situation where he's like on a snap count or something with Zeke, like that'd be annoying. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Would almost rather just have like clarity. Um. Devin Singletary, hundred and seventy. <laughs> yeah, Singletary, like the Singletary ride uh, for the last like six weeks has been something. They gave him twenty six carries in that game, man. So why? What, I thought Damian Pierce was good. Is he not? Uh, apparently they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they gave Damian Pierce one carry in that game. So, I mean, so Pierce missed a few weeks with injury uh, back in kind of the middle of the season. Uh, but then he came back. They had one week where they gave him a bunch of touches, and the other ones they basically ignored him. So yeah, I don't know why <laughs> that would be the case. Um, I mean, Singletary's been pretty good the last six weeks, so. It, I guess that maybe explains itself, but uh, it is kind of odd. Uh, yeah, twenty six to one in carries this week. It's uh, it's quite the split. Yeah, I guess that's nice for Ryan. You know, like Ryan has both of them. Uh, if if they were doing you know ten carries a piece, that's a lot less valuable than twenty carries for one of them and zero for the other. So. Must be nice, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's about all I got for Ryan's team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat Ryan this week. Okay. Okay. Um, Ryan's going down. <laughs> yeah. Then for for Tim, uh, you know, a tough loss here. Ninety six points, solid showing, but yeah, not not quite enough in the in the playoff bracket this year. Um, let's see, things that happened. Yeah, I, I want to shout out Tim for having the balls to uh, bench Patrick Mahomes in the fantasy playoffs, and it worked. Uh, it got him a few extra points. He started Matthew Stafford against Washington instead, which I think was a a good decision, a good sound decision. Uh, Stafford playing the worst defense in the league, and Mahomes playing at New England. Um, but like that, you know, it takes some balls to to bench Mahomes, <laughs> especially when you've got a stack involving Mahomes as well. Like that's uh, man, good work, Tim. Yeah, I agree. That's that's impressive. It was a uh, kind of a tough injury week for Tim. Uh, Keenan Allen missed the Chargers game. Isaiah Pacheco was out, uh, and Alexander Madison was out too. Um, so just a, a lot of guys sitting on his bench who, who could have put up points and you can kind of tell just looking at his lineup, you know, he's got Brandon Cooks in there and Cooks has been fine the last month or so, but you know, you plug in Keenan Allen over Brandon Cooks, you feel pretty good about that. Right. Um, or like you don't have to start a Jalen Warren, um, like 
just kind of a, some tough breaks there. The Keenan Allen thing is a bummer because he's been having like an awesome season. He's already up over 1,200 yards, uh, even having missed that one game. So just a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's about all. I don't. I don't really see much else for Tim besides. Uh, yeah, the Stafford over Mahomes is a good, good spot. She Rice had a good game. How did Cup do this year? Cup has been interesting. <laughs> like yeah, weird, he weird season from. Yeah, yeah. So he misses the first well, four wasn't, games. Wasn't, wasn't Stafford wasn't Stafford injured? Uh, Stafford, I think, only missed one game in there, which is one of these bad yeah. ones. So um, like, what happened in like week nine to week thirteen? I think week nine was the one that Stafford missed, um, and that was not a great game. But even like yeah, like week seven to week thirteen ish, like Cup didn't do much of anything, but he's bookended those games with. Uh, several 100-yard games on the on each side of them. So um, it, it is a little odd. And Cup is another guy who, you know, got drafted. I guess he fell down draft boards a little bit this year because of the injury. Um, he wound up being the last pick of the second round this season. But if he had been healthy coming into the year, he would have been a first-round pick easily. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick next year. Um, he's going to kind of be on the borderline there, just given how the season has gone. But, I mean, he's finishing strong right now, uh, 111 yards in a TD in this game. So, I guess maybe if he, you know, puts up another couple nice games, he could prop himself back up there. I mean, it's tough It's tough to see him falling further than he was this year, right? Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, he'll be in the second round. At he's, the not going, he's not going third round. Right? No, no. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh... Should we uh, quickly discuss the consolation then? Uh, yeah, who's in the consolation again? That's a great question. Uh, not me anymore. <laughs> so the, these are consolation quarterfinals. Uh, not the most exciting games this week. Uh, Ethan beat Andrew 75 to 70. So good for Ethan. Uh, I'm just going to scan and see if there's anything like notable here. Uh, Ethan had the Dolphins defense. They put up 24 points, and that was like a third of his score. <laughs> um, whereas Andrew started the Denver defense, and they had negative two. So that was that was the game right there. <laughs> what percentage, what percentage, what fraction of Andrew's points was Denver's defense? Well, it gets weird. What would it be, Evan? Well, it would be like negative 3% or so, which, yeah, it's hard to think about. But, um, yeah, I mean, Andrew got a nice game out of Jalen Waddell, but was otherwise not that great. Yeah, Ethan got a nice game out of the Dolphins' defense and Devontae Adams, but was otherwise not that great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Not, not a whole ton going on here. This is the most, this is the most consolation quarter. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a platonic <laughs> ideal consolation matchup. Uh, and both these teams were fairly close to making the playoffs, uh, you know, for, for, for playing in the first week of the consolation, like these are not terrible teams, uh, but yeah, not, not the greatest week here, but Ethan moves on. Uh, I don't remember who he's going to play and I, I don't really want to bother to look it up, but he's going to play like Noah oh, or something. Oh, oh God. Um, I guess I've got it right. Uh, big sexy is Noah, right? Uh, no, that's Tom. Her. 
Tom. So yeah, yeah. Playing Tom. Ethan's playing Tom. Okay, that'll be kind of fun. Uh, Tom's had a nice little finish to the season, looking to get the consolation victory. So, uh, not too bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is kind of a fun. I mean, I'm I'm bummed that I'm bummed that you're not a part of it, Evan. But yeah. Tom, Ethan, Jay, Noah—that's a that's a fun consolation semi. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm down. Um. All right. Speaking of Jay, they had the other consolation matchup: me versus Jay. Jay wins it, 129 to 59. <laughs> Weekly bonus, Jay. <laughs> yeah, for real. He like. Jay, Jay yeah. scored everyone this week. I, uh, three, and, three and eleven, three and eleven, Jay. Yeah, like by far the lowest scoring team in the league. Um, has you know easily his best week of the season. Um, and it started early too. It started on the Saturday games. He had uh, the Jake Browning T Higgins stack put up like thirty seven combined points on Saturday afternoon. He had Zach Moss score a touchdown before getting injured, um, and he, uh, he also had the Colts defense put up fourteen points on Saturday. So I was behind by like sixty points. After, like, Saturday, I was like, what the fuck? Like, Jay's going to, you know, at that point it was like, he's going to score 110 um, just because he had McCaffrey against the Cardinals sitting there. And, you know, CMC did not disappoint. Puts up 37 against the Cardinals. Um, He's only scored, uh, McCaffrey has only scored more than 26 points twice this year. They're in his two games against the Cardinals. He has 37 and 42. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, that was not great. I mean, like, you, you lose a game like this, and it's like, well, like, there's nothing I could have done, really. You know, it's just, it's 129 points. It is what it is. And that was with Jay leaving Chris Olave in his lineup, who did not play. So he just had an empty spot in there, and he still scored 129. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he had replaced Chris Olave with Rondale Moore, it could have been 129.6. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yep, definitely. Um, uh, did you yeah. see Keith Mitchell, t- Keith Mitchell tore his ACL? No. Yeah, Ravens, I guess, it, yeah, I, I saw the running backs, exactly. just stay away. Yeah, man, just, uh, it, <laughs> I'm glad that Gus Edwards always manages to be healthy somehow, but yeah, all those other guys, man, it's, that's tough. That's tough. Gus the Bucks. Um, yeah, um, I, did you watch any of those Vikings games? Uh, I watched the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah. It was this. I was starting Jake Browning in a playoff game in the nice. league, like I told you, Evan, and uh, it was a it was a ride. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. It it was uh, that that Vikings game was so funny. Uh, I was enjoying it. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, um, for my team. About your team, Evan. Any, any final thoughts? Uh, Fifty nine points for uh, Evan's team. Uh, Any final thoughts on your season, Evan? Uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily sad to see this team go. I, I think there were some there were some pieces on this team that were okay, but otherwise it was not great. Uh, if I had set a better lineup this week, I would have scored like almost 100. <laughs> Left like a lot of points on my bench, uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, you know, it was going to be a loss regardless. So, uh, shout out to Amon Ra. Uh, I'll always have that guy, but otherwise, uh, all these guys stink. And Njoku, too. Njoku was having a nice little end of the season. but You got a couple good games from Deonta Foreman, I think, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I think I mostly managed to start him on not-that-good weeks, um, <laughs> including this one. Six carries for minus six yards. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is one of those years. It's also like a bunch of the guys who were not that good this week have been much better than this throughout the season. Like Saquon had four points. DJ Moore had five. Dak Prescott, who was like the MVP frontrunner coming into the week, six points. So, you know, it's whatever. But, um, you know, uh, nothing like having the number six draft pick, Ben. <laughs> who are you going to pick? That's the, that's the thing. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, that might be like the worst draft position to have. Maybe like something like eighth might be worse. Um, but it's enough in the middle and enough like far back that it's, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Pick, um, pick George Kittle. Yeah, you know what? I think I'll pass. I think I'll pass on that first round. Why not? Yeah, I, I can get him in the second. What about, what about Mostert? That's a, that's a fair point. Is Mostert going to be a first rounder next year? Like probably, right? So I mean, I'm looking at I just look, I'm just looking at all the flexes right now, like in order of uh, like points, and like McCaffrey, Mostert, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb. So that's four guys right there. Four four, four guys for what? <laughs> Like, you, you don't think those guys are going to be top 10 picks next year? Yeah, those guys will yeah. probably all be first-rounders. Like, most are maybe saying, not, but... Um, I'm just saying, like... I'm the just other saying, guys, for sure. Think, I'm just saying, if you, think, if you still think that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are, like, of that tier, then, like, you're guaranteed one of... Yeah, I'll get one McCaffrey, of those guys. Most, McCaffrey, Moster, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase... Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like there aren't good players. I'm just saying like in general, it feels like they're that's a shakier group than normal for first round, you know. But yeah, I feel like the six is always like. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like every year I have like the sixth draft pick, and yeah, that's always like right where it starts to get like oh, like I don't, you know, I'm not a hundred percent in on this player, you know. Like you pick whoever you're picking like third, it's like oh yeah, this guy is really good and. I, I love having him on my team, but you pick sixth. It's like, well, I mean, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a sleeper for your pick. And what's don't, that? And don't scoff, don't scoff. You have to promise not to scoff. Mm-hmm. Kyron Williams. Yeah, you know, it's um, he. He might go first he, round. It's definitely possible. He, so he, so Evan, so look at his like. So he was obviously on IR. Look at his look at his game log from the season. Yeah. Yeah, like, like that. It looks like a first round, like a, an easy first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, like, well, just the fact I, that he's he's what the seventh, the sixth ranked flex player, and he missed four games. Like that's it's good. Yeah, like I I have the one seed because of Kyron Williams. Yeah, yeah, and because you lost in week one. <laughs> it's the real hack. For the record, like, Kyron uh, Williams probably should have gone over Puka, you know? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Puka pick has worked out fairly well, too, but not as well as this, yeah. Well, Henry's eliminated, so how well did that work out for him? Yeah, good point. See ya, see ya. All right, Ben. Anyway, uh, sorry, enough about me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have nothing more to say about my team, so. Well, I'm just, I, I, mean, I, think, I think you should pick Kyron Williams. I think that's a I think that's a good pick for you. And I don't think You know what then? Like 
I'm not going to take a running back. I've done that enough times, and that guy always gets injured, like literally always. Uh, I, I never have a first-round pick on my team. <laughs> I always get hurt. So I'm picking a wide receiver, and they're not going to get injured. Have you uh, I feel like I have probably at least once, but not recently, I don't think. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Poor one out for Nick Jones. Like, like, I don't know, like, Touchdowns just matter so much. If you can get like a, if you can hit on your running back, like it's so helpful. Yeah, it's just like you need that guy to stay healthy. And, and like you're, like, like we've obviously been saying, like guys like Kyron Williams are free. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they like didn't even get drafted. So. Um, oh yeah, you mean like next year's next year's iteration of Kyron Williams? Right. Yeah, it's like you know, so, so there will and uh, Raheem Mostert. You know, Raheem Mostert was like not a high draft pick this year. Um, so that's the thing with running backs is it's all about opportunity. You know, the top, the top wide receivers right now are Tyreek Hill, CD lamb, like Mike Evans, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, like all those guys, you know, got drafted fairly highly. Um, whereas yeah, like Raheem Mostert, ninth round draft pick, like, uh, Kyron Williams is RB three. Like he didn't get drafted at all. Rashad White, sixth round draft pick. He's RB four. <laughs> like, James Cook, fifth rounder. It, you know, it's like, just don't, yeah. I'm just like done spending capital on running backs at the top of the draft. Like they'll probably get hurt and their backup is going to be the guy who actually has value. Um, or, you know, you'll just be able to find it from elsewhere. So that's my take. I'm going to take Kyron Williams at, what, what pick am I going to pick at? Uh, you'll be somewhere between nine and 12. Depending. I'm either going to take Kyron Williams or a tight end. <laughs> I think there won't be any first-round tight ends next year. You don't think so? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Kelsey, probably, right? And like, What about what about Laporta or Kittle? Uh, I don't think those guys are especially close to first round right now. Like, you know. I don't know. Did I mean, I like, traded for that title I traded for Laporta and Dynasty. Nice, nice. Set and, set and forget for ten years. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Laporta can't is Taiwan one now, so wow. Can't I, wait I, to not have to worry. I, I can't wait to not have to worry about tight end in Dynasty League until I'm in my forties. <laughs> you hope. Uh, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wow, David and Joku is tight end five. <laughs> that uh, like what? Uh. Um, I gave up DK Metcalf. Is that nice. is that is that a bad trade, Evan? Yeah, I think it's fine. About the same. He's younger, yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben. Is uh is that all we got for this week? Is that it? Yeah, I mean those are the games. Do you have any any lasting thoughts for the semis, Evan? Uh, I will just say that the people's favorites are are Ryan to beat you and uh, Quinn to beat Joe. I think we can all agree. So hoping for those outcomes. But Evan, allow me to disagree <laughs> with your premise. Mm. Do, doesn't one of Joe or I need to win so that there is a clear? Uh, 
like people's choice in the championship. I actually think if it's Quinn versus Ryan, I think Ryan's a pretty clear choice. Like Qu- Quinn, Quinn at least dabbles in being a villain, um, and I, I and I think I compared I to Ryan, Quinn, that's a pretty clear I villain. Pretty, I think Quinn's shtick is pretty lovable. Yeah, I agree. But he has a shtick, you know, like he's doing a shtick, and and Ryan doesn't do that. And Ryan has not won a title before, so I think like given the Quinn versus Ryan, I think that's a pretty easy choice too for me at least. Um, whereas like you know we want to avoid the worst case scenario of uh, you versus Joe title game like that would be a disaster um, I, I would hate it so much um, so that's really like a worst outcome for me so I need at least one of at least one of the underdogs to, to win this week oh come so. on Evan me versus Joe would be so fun for uh, that, that'd be terrible just, just the fact that like one of you guys would have to win that would be that would bother me a lot so uh, I gotta have some out, you know, some some team to root for in the title game. So, who would you root for, me or Joe? Uh, probably you, I guess. Like you've already won a title, so there's like that kind of thing where it's like you know fewer people would be in that group that I'm not in, you know. Well, and, and Tom is already you. You are famously anti people getting their second. But Tom's, yeah. already popped, Tom's already popped the cherry on that. Exactly. It's like, yeah. So, I mean, and the difference between zero and one is a lot bigger than the difference between one and two, you know? So, uh, yeah. So, if we can keep you're Joe... Trying, from, you're, just trying to get, you're trying to get there before Joe. Exactly. Yeah. Just trying to get to one. Uh, I also want to shout out Quinn for, uh, right now, benching his entire lineup except for oh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it also I, makes I, his bench he, look hysterical. There's like 20 guys well, on his bench right he's now. Trying, he's not trying to tip his hand. I love it. I yeah. love it from Quinn. He's not yeah. trying to tip his hand to Joe. Um, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. Um, Evan, what are your thoughts on my Tyler Algier flex? Is are you doing that? That's a bad idea. Why would you do that? Do you have Bijan any other only, options? Bijan only got three carries last week. Uh, he got doghoused for like a fumble. Also, no, like if you're, fu- no, if Evan, you're gonna fumble... start Bijan, <laughs> like no Evan, it's <laughs> like you're using this argument to be like, oh, like B- like Algier is gonna get more work than Bijan, but you're also starting Bijan. <laughs> Evan, it's a hedge. Yeah. Okay. Well, also have fu- fun Evan, hedging Evan, with he, a bad Evan, offense. Evan, he wasn't doghoused because of the fumble. He he got oh. the, he, the fumble was like in the fourth quarter. Was it? Yeah, it was late in the game. Okay. Evan, so if you read the thing, it says it was clear moments after the first whistle that this would be a frustrating game for fantasy managers. Tyler Algier got the first two carries for the Falcons, and Patterson took the field for the team's third rushing attempt. <laughs> That's incredible. So uh, like, I will so note like, that they if, have also done this before, and it never lasts. You know, like they're not idiots. Also, also like Arthur Smith is coaching for his job this week. Um, like he he needs to win this game, uh, or he might be shipped out of town on on Monday. So uh, I don't know. If I were him, <laughs> Bijan Robinson would be getting most of the carries, but. So, so I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, do I want to start Najee Harris? Uh, I mean, over Tyler Algier, like, probably. But yes. Algier, but here's the thing: like, Algier might score more than Najee. Like he did last week. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Before. But like, like, I just think like Algier is pretty unlikely to score a touchdown as well. Um, they just haven't really used him in that role. So, like, you're really counting on, like, 
him him both getting a good amount of carries and also doing a decent amount with them. And even then, you might get like seven points or something. Whereas like, you know, Harris will be getting goal line potentially, and he is going to get at least 12 carries in this game. Like that's basically been his floor for the last two months. Isn't so, there a scenario where Mason Rudolph starts this game and it's just a total dumpster fire though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but also like the Falcons scored seven points against the Panthers last week. So like already dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I'm just, I just, I don't know what to do. Like I'm already start. The thing is like, I'm already starting Deontay Johnson and like, I need to match Ryan's ceiling. And but like starting, starting two running backs from the same backfield does not improve your ceiling. You know. But like starting starting two guys on the Steelers when the quarterback is Mason Rudolph doesn't really help my ceiling. I guess I guess I would rather do that for variance purposes than the two running backs because the two running backs are explicitly fighting for like the same touches. Like you know something that one guy does will automatically hurt the other guy. So like you're really lowering your floor there. And like at least with the Steelers thing, it's like different parts of the offense. You know. Yeah, like I just like like you're setting yourself up to see like like Tyler Algier in week thirteen, uh, eight carries for twenty six yards. Like you're just setting yourself up for that, you know. Yeah. You could just well, zag and do op- tear the, op- the other option, well, Evan Sauce Gardner. I'm not trying to. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I, I feel like that's a bad idea. McLaurin did have his best game of the season in week fifteen, so like by far. Um, so that's exciting. What if Christian Watson's yeah. healthy? He's not going to be healthy. I just, but. <laughs> Watson is like a queer move, if, but he's just always hurt. Yeah. He's not, and he's not, he's not going to play. And I'm not, I'm not going to put him out there with a hamstring. I, he's going to tweak it the first drive and then yeah. that's it. Yeah. Or just not get targeted like, for some reason like he did for 12 weeks on my team. So, yep. Yeah. So, so my options are, so... I'm not starting McLaurin against Sauce Gardner. That's just a, like the Jets are literally the top team pass defense for or, like wide receiver. You get what I'm trying to say. They're they're the toughest matchup for wide receivers in fantasy. Like I'm not trying to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, you should start Najee Harris. That is my opinion. I just think like Tyler Algier's ceiling is like I like I don't care. It, like Tyler Algier's ceiling is like six yeah. points. Like I don't know why you would start that guy. It's like sure maybe he'll score like two he, points more than Najee Harris, out, but like that's he not. Outscored, it's I'm starting because he outscored Najee Harris last year. I mean, but that's just like not like that's not a very good like using a single data point. It's not a very good way to do that. I'm just nervous that they're gonna start Algier again because they started Algier last week. If I just like don't. If, I don't if, think that like matters though. It's like if he's not getting goal line, and like it's a bad offense, and like even if he like quote unquote starts, like he's going to give up a decent amount of work to Robinson, who you're also starting in your lineup. Like, I don't know. You're locking yourself into like the entire Falcons running back room when it's like. You should probably pick one, you know. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll start Harris. All right. <laughs> Is there someone on waivers I can start? Uh-uh. Let's. Can we look at the waivers quick? I need help, Evan. 
Well, we could always do that off-air as well. Jahan Dotson? <laughs> do it. He won't have to, <laughs> he won't have to face Sauce. He won't have... He, Terry, so McLaurin is going to get the Sauce Gardner treatment, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I think this is the move. It's perfect, yeah. And it would also, it would also be poetic in every way. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, now that that's decided. Is, that, is this a bad idea? I mean, yeah. <laughs> if we're going ceiling, though, like, who has a higher ceiling, Jahan Dotson or Najee Harris? I mean, the answer to that question is probably Terry McLaurin, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dotson, I just, I just, like any of the I, receivers I, I just th- Say that again? Any of the receiver is probably a better choice than Harris. Because I, I just think I'm gonna need I'm gonna need ceiling to beat Ryan. Like he has you know he has all these guys. He he's get he's gonna get Tyreek Hill back maybe. Like Ben, you know who you I should need... pick up? Jerry Judy. I saw that, and no. <laughs> I, I just think there is something poetic about flexing Jahan Dotson. Yeah, you should do it. You know. There's something about it. I'm gonna do it. All right. Um, all right. All right. Should well, we get uh, out of here? Yeah. Well, and this is like, and this is like a like a little piece of Henry is living on. In the place, <laughs> exactly. Right? Like. Yeah. I think this is. I think this is a little bit poetic, in a way, because yeah. like, like a little piece of Henry lives in my team now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well. Queer eyes. Full hearts. Can't Can't. lose.